0: Let's get into the Word this morning. What we're going to do is Brahm and I are going to speak together, actually. We just wanted to really discuss the subject that we're going to talk about today. I think it's going to be really beautiful. And Brahm and I kind of want to interact a little bit and talk right. like we do in our little lounge room series.
1: Interact, interrupt, interject,
0: <laughs> all, of, all of the above. <laughs> um, but we really want to talk about uh, Psalm 61, which is actually the psalm that we sang earlier the last song of worship and it's the most incredible psalm and has the most amazing right. truths in it and I think it's so perfect for, for right now isn't it Brian? Absolutely. Uh, for this season that we're all in the unsurety and I know we say this every week but it's the reality guys it's it's a very uncertain unsure unstable time and season not just for Melbournians not just for Australians but for the world And we don't know what's going to happen next year. We don't know what's going to happen in six months. We don't know what's going to happen in two months. So I think it's it's a it's an awesome moment to really meditate on some of these words in in this particular psalm, but even in so many of the other psalms. They're just absolutely incredible. So I'm gonna read by just read the the first four verses. The the whole psalm is actually comprised of eight verses. But we'll just, we'll try and get through talking about the first four. We won't go for too long today. If we don't get through it all, we can pick it up next week or another time. But the main thing is to get the truths across. Yeah. And so the, the first, I'll read the first four verses. And um, and let's just open up to Psalm 61, verses 1 to 4. And this is what it says. Hear my cry. Excuse me, Brian, I'll just bring this forward sure. a bit. Yep. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle or in your house forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And they're the words that we sang about beautifully in that song. Mm-hmm. That When Ben crafted that song, he used this psalm and he took the truths and he, he crafted it into something that we can now sing back to God. And so I want to start with just the first two verses and kind of yeah. really look at that and discuss that, Brum, Yeah. Where it says, Hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, it was interesting mm. last week, you know, as you know, Brian mentioned I, I spoke on air, on Light FM, which was an awesome experience. And there are a few callers that ca- called in at the end. They were, We were off air. And it was really encouraging. A few of these beautiful people called in, and some of them I knew, some of them I didn't know, and uh, they were so touched and, and so encouraged by, by what I had said. And one particular lady said she really loved it. It was really relevant to her, and she was a believer. Um, but she, she said, Diane, you mentioned at the end, you know, just cry out to God, but you didn't actually lead. What if there are people that were listening who aren't believers yet? You didn't lead them in prayer to do that, to cry out to God, to explain that to Him, to them, and uh, because all I did was actually I prayed for everyone at the end, and after thanking her for her feedback, I thought that's really thoughtful of you. You're thinking of other people. Thank you. But it really made me think about my own journey and, and um, how I, I probably look at things a little bit differently to to even the perspective that that precious lady had. You know, I was never, Bram, and I were never actually led in a formal prayer.
1: No, we were never led
0: into a formal prayer. A typical
1: sinner's prayer, a typical sinner's prayer, as people say. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And uh, so, technically, we've never said it, right?
1: That's
0: right. (laughs) But instead, this is what actually happened. Something more important happened um, in in my heart. I'll Mm. I'll speak from my point of view, but I think it's probably the same for Bram. Because in the end, something came out as a cry from my heart and it was way more substantial than just me following some some prayer and and saying the words out of my mouth. Because the very circumstances in in our lives at that time in in March, April 1979 uh, brought us both on a journey of discovering God. It sort of brought us that whole journey to a head. And just like David in this psalm, I learned this truth. I think
1: I think what's beautiful about reading Psalms. Okay, scholars have divided Psalms in a different categories, and and probably the, the the majority of the of Psalms is distress Psalms. They they say that, yeah. and this is one of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and when you read that, within that carry all all the Psalms, but especially this one. Yeah. You you see how simple and real the relationship yeah. between mankind yeah. and God. It's like somebody speaking to a friend.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, and I think it's good to for every Christian or anybody so they can come to that relationship. It's simple and real. It's just raw.
0: Yeah, it's simple and real.
1: And uh, and when you when you talk about uh, your experience, I don't know. I don't want to cry every time I think of. 1979, I don't know, how you meet God is very important, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I remember you and I, we weren't part of any church. We were just (laughs) living our own life. from it. But we came to know Jesus. And uh, now I was brought up in a Dutch Reformed church, and we were very theological in our approach on everything. Yeah. And there's always conversation. Theological conversation in in the house with my mom and her sister and my sister, you know, and uh, By the age of 10 My mom was explaining to me the concept of Trinity how No man can (laughs) no man can can grasp I was 40 or 30 before I knew anything about that. No one can comprehend the concept of Trinity like because our minds limited anyway, so that's my background And then and yet I went whatever into the world and but I had that background in me all the time. Now prayer wasn't wasn't a a strange thing for me, but when I when I met you and I saw you, and uh, and after we, we gave our hearts to Jesus, I watched how much you grow in prayer within a space of few weeks. Yeah, from not able not. From ne- from never seeing you utter a prayer to all of a sudden within a matter of weeks I saw so, you become articulate. No one taught you how to. You just become articulate in your prayer, and and it was so, and, and it was in in a way inspiring. I thought, wow, and uh, and uh, you, you, because your relationship was becoming more and more real. I mean, it was yeah. just beautiful. Oh, it was like, yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry, we we're sort of, sort of like... No, um, no, 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 that's, st- that's awesome. We stray a bit, but but uh, yeah.
0: But that's the whole point, though. You know, it's like, David, I learned the truth that, that God is listening and that he alone hears the intimate cry of our yeah, heart. Like you, yeah. you just made the statement, we gave our lives to Jesus we didn't actually know we were doing that. Yeah. No one told us what we were doing. We just began to turn our hearts to him. Yeah. But you know, he he alone hears the intimate cry of your heart because he did that for me. Yeah. And he is it makes me want to cry too. Stop <laughs> it, bro. And he is listening and he is waiting. He's listening and waiting to hear the cry of your heart. And in this psalm, ah It's so powerful because of this expression from David of of trust that God is listening to him. And it really does display this deep desire for a relationship with God And, and... you know that's what was happening to to Brahm. and I. I was nineteen years old, nearly twenty, and th- we'd been on this journey. We didn't it's know crazy. we were on a journey until later. We realized we'd been on a journey yeah, of discovering yeah. God. And when Brahm says we gave our hearts to Jesus, that's just Christian lingo we've learned. Yeah. But to be honest, we just began to pray. In fact, it was Brahm who prayed out loud, and I'll
1: tell you that story in a second. But so, no, but remember when when we we, got, we we got introduced to an Anglican. Missionary that was ministering in Bandung, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. And we went to see him and we talked to him about it, our our experience. He was the one to explain. Do you guys realize what you what you guys actually yeah. telling me? That's what we call being born again. Yeah, and he told you, us.
0: We'd never heard that, that, that phrase before.
1: He said that's what you call being born again, yeah. and he gave you a book, right? Yeah, to read.
0: And we met up with him through the Catholic nuns who were friends with my mum in the bridge club. <laughs> The expats in Bandung <laughs> living the high life, um, having their glasses of sherry. Uh, anyway, um, and that's how we met this beautiful, yeah, yeah, and these guys, they told us what was happening to us. But we became this young couple that became so in love with God and we didn't even know what was happening to us. But when it first happened, I didn't actually pray out loud because I didn't know know how to. It was Brian. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that story in a minute, but if we look at David You know, here he is, he's completely overwhelmed, bro. Think about it. He's far from home. He's a fugitive. He's going through the trials of all sorts of things, including depression, exhaustion. And he asks God to lead him. He asks to be led to the safety and the surety of God himself.
1: Yes. Yes. He
0: doesn't even say, get me out of this, get me this, get me that, make sure I'm this. He says, lead me to the rock, lead me to him. And so what is a cry? Because yeah. I, I go back to the comment that that precious lady mentioned to me. She said, Diane, you said, you know, cry out to God, but you didn't teach them how to. Well, it made me think, what is a cry to God? You know what yeah. it is? It's a surrender. It's a surrender. And I can't make any one of you do that. Bram couldn't make me do that. I mm. can't make Bram do that. I can lead you to that place and teach you. But in the end, that has to come out of your heart and your heart alone. But he didn't ask God for anything except to be safe in him. And he knew that he was listening. It's as if David threw himself at God's mercy.
1: That's right. And um,
0: he asked God for God himself. That's it. He asked God for God himself. Because what does he say? He says, lead me to the rock. That is higher
1: yeah, than yeah.
0: I. So, in his cry, Brahm, it was like there was an acknowledgement of God's power, God's might, and yeah. who God is. Hmm. And you know, every uh, time, so. every time that David wrote a psalm, what did it have in it, Brahm? It was surrender.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Every time he wrote a he wrote a psalm. It was. It came clothed. The words came yeah. clothed in surrender, because ultimately he was realizing that he is all you and He's, I need. Yeah. You know what really breaks my heart is when I hear, and I've been watching this happen now, probably for about a decade. I've been watching the next generation down from us yeah. lose heart and lose hope in the Christianity that was given to them, and it was a. To me, a lot of it is a form. A lot mm. of it is a a shiny thing but when you when you open it all up and it really doesn't have a lot of substance. And when I hear comments now from broken people who are now in their 30s and going into their 40s. Yeah. And they're saying things like Christianity has done nothing for me. That's, well, you yeah. know what? Religion will do nothing for exactly, you. Exactly.
1: That's that's what cre- Yeah, it won't give and, you anything. And <laughs> I
0: feel like what has been church culture has not necessarily led No our young people, our younger people, our younger generation, to the rock, to the safety of just knowing Jesus. Because in the end, you see, Christianity, if we're not careful, we listen to what has been presented to so many different voices, and it comes across Mm. like somehow God owes us something. And He wants to make our life so comfortable. But you see, we we see in the Psalms that that's not how to have a magnificent, beautiful, pure relationship with God. You know, David... Just as a bit That's of background, right. he was a, a total sinner. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. Yeah. He, he did so many things. And yet he threw himself. That's it. At the mercy. of God. He runs to God, yeah.
1: yeah. And I, I remember this, just the story of David. Like, you know, when you look at the journey, just like many of us, like you said, you mentioned some of the things, bad things that he did. Yeah. So he he's not a perfect man, but... At any given point, God is the one he runs to.
0: Every single and, uh, time.
1: I just want to recall the the story when the the situation when he did something. He, he after becoming uh, king, he became cocky. So he decided yeah. to. He told his his uh, chief army. He said. Uh, Go and do a census <laughs> yeah, and yeah. count the armies. Like, so he started to rely on his own strength, and then, and then, uh, anyway, the result of that was judgment of God. And God, the God's wow. prophet came to him and pretty much gave him the option. Okay, David, I'm gonna judge you. I'm gonna punish you. Yeah. Choose: three years of famine, or three months running away from your enemies or three days of pestilence. And David didn't go specifically specifically to, to those choices. He just said, oh, I love this. He said, hmm. I'd rather fall into the hands of God than the hands of man. It so, was like even in the moment of judgment, yeah. he ran to God. Oh, what goodness. does
0: that teach you about David, though? He knew... God right. there was an intimacy Brahm
1: yeah it was as if as if he was saying even in judgment God is still or the presence of God is still the safest place yeah
0: because he, yeah. he basically so in other words he was really he was so familiar with the nature and oh, the character yes. of God yes yes and he knew that he could trust God yeah you see this is the problem so many people have learned about God but we all have to learn to walk with God with God. We have right. to learn to walk with God. And so often, we, you know, every single one of us as human beings, we have a cry in our hearts, mm. especially now. But on any day of the week, on any week, of, on any year, there is a cry in a human being's heart for whatever need it may be, a loud cry or a small cry. And often there are there are things that come out in our lives, in our dysfunctional behavior, whether it be through anger, whether it, mm-hmm. through, it be through demeaning words, whether it's through abuse, whether it's through rejection, fear, you know, substance abuse, even false beliefs. If we yeah. don't take our cry to God, yeah. then. Th- There's no ability to have that intimacy with God. And I think this is the problem with so many, even people, many of us who call ourselves Christians, we don't really know how to take the, the, the cry of our heart to God. That's right. And um, because sometimes I think there's a, a lack of trust, but it all starts with intimacy of heart and letting him into those deep areas. Because we can trust him, you guys, you can trust him with your greatest vulnerabilities. That's what I, that's what I learned from mm. this psalm. That's what I've learned in my own life. I don't run from God. I run to God. So David's words reveal that he believed in the character of God, I reckon. Mm. And he believed in the superiority of God. Awesome. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned Noah. And I said how Noah built something really significant that actually saved a generation. And I believe I might have made the comment that what started with one word from God to Noah actually mobilized an entire generation from destruction to salvation. So in other words, you can almost say that and summarize it, that he heard God when it mattered most. Mm. But you have to ask the question, how do you hear God when it matters most? Well, the the key with Noah, if, if you look at Genesis 6 verse 9, it says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and Noah walked with God, um, See, there it is. There's yes. that intimacy once again. And basically almost saying, well, God, you're my only safe place and my aim is just to be with you. See, I believe that this is very confronting for every single one of us That's because right. we can know so much about God. We think we've got our doctrines all in place. I can push that, push that button, this will happen. I can pull that lever, that will happen. I can believe this, quote that, confess this. But you know what? has got nothing to do with that. It's all got to do with the intimacy that we have yeah. in our hearts with God. And David, David's life is on display for That's you and right. I to be able That's to see right. that. So I would have to conclude, when you read through the Bible, you know that every great man or woman of God acknowledged that God had to be and was their only sanctuary yeah. and was their only safe That's place. Right. Even in Hebrews 11, when you read about the people who, who died believing they still hadn't seen the fulfillment of what they were believing still for. Still believing. But they still believed because they trusted in <laughs> yeah, yeah. the yeah. sanctuary of God. And they all had intimate heart relationships that's with right. God. That's right, yeah. And um, because of trust, bro.
1: That's it, that's it.
0: Because of letting go and believing in his character. And I think there's, a, there's that amazing scripture in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Yeah. In fact, you quoted this to me the other day on the phone when he and I were talking about this. And he, he reminded me, because die, he said, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God. In other words, when we approach God, we must believe that he is, well, first of all, that he exists, but also that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek
1: that's, him. That's interesting, because especially in this generation, we must understand everything. It doesn't say he who comes to God must understand, not actually... He said, He who comes to God must believe. Yeah. It's almost like as you believe, understand understanding comes after that, but first you have to believe.
0: Yeah. yeah. But it's also trusting in his character, yeah. trusting him with the greatest vulnerabilities of our hearts. And that's a that's a big thing to do. Yeah. And yet that's the song that we just sang, sang before God this morning. And the last phrase of verse two is so powerful. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And what I can conclude out of that is that you need to run to Him, mm. not from Him. That's right. You and I need to run to God, not from God, in, in our in our darkest moments, because He is higher yes. than us in wisdom, and He's more secure than any Ooh, human being. Yes. Even even this man here, I love him with all my heart. You know where where we're partners in absolutely everything we do and yet i know that i have to put my trust in god that he he alone knows everything he alone is the greatest security we have moments where our hearts fail us where we feel overwhelmed just like the That's psalm right. says But, you know, David believed in the solidness of God. yes. And, you know, that is how we got saved. Yeah. That's actually, that's what we were referring to before. You know, we had the choice. Uh, Do we go to a witch doctor to find out where our stolen whatever it was, what was it, a tape cassette, recorder? Cassette players. <laughs> cassette players. Hey, in yeah. 1979, that was amazing. We yeah. just bought a really expensive one from Singapore. We thought we were really up with it all. and uh, But someone stole it in the first mm-hmm. week of, of us having it, which was pretty you know, crazy back then in Jakarta in 1979. So we were on our way out the door to go to a witch doctor, which sounds crazy, doesn't it? But... That's what we did. That's what we were doing. Yeah. We'd been going to witch doctors, automatic handwriters, you know, palm readers, the whole lot. Uh, yeah. That's what we this journey that we'd been going on for about a year or so. Yeah. And um, and right at that moment, Bram stopped us in the doorway as we were walking out. He said, No, we're not gonna do that. And and we actually came back into the room and I'll never mm. forget it. We sat down on the bed and Bram prayed out loud. I didn't even pray out loud. And you know the way he prayed. Do you remember how you prayed? You basically said, "Sorry, we didn't trust you."
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He, he remembered the teachings of his childhood, and he says, "Sorry, Lord, that we didn't trust you." And crazy, he yeah. chose Jesus. He said, "We choose you." Yeah. That was a looking back. That was the moment things changed yeah. for Brahma and I. And he gave the whole thing to God, and and he said, "Lord, we choose your outcome." And you mm. know what? We never found the tape recorder. It never came back something transformed in our hearts right there yeah. because in my heart was turned to God. My heart cried out to God. My heart surrendered and submitted, which I believe is what a cry really is. It's not even necessarily huge crying and loud talking. I didn't say right. a word. I was completely <laughs> silent. But my heart turned yes. to God. I followed the leading of Brahm.
1: You were arrested by God. I
0: was arrested by <laughs> God. So again, you yeah. know what is a cry? Well, that is a cry That's that we right. describe right there. It means I yeah. need you. I submit to you. It's so simple. It's and the way you said it to me the other day, Bram, you said it's like a longing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a longing like in this David the first thing is it's about your presence, really. Yeah, I mean, that's what he wanted. He said, he said and like, I shall dwell in your house.
0: Yeah, it's like a longing wanted. for him, but it's a longing for his truth. Yeah, it's a it's a longing to be led to him. Yeah, he doesn't even say, "Lead me to the answer," "Lead me to the fulfillment," "Lead me to, um, you know, to everything being fixed up in my life." He says, "No, lead me to the rock," Ooh. which, of course, is him. Anyway, yeah. that is higher, so he submits to his will. It's like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane Lord, let you, Father, let your will be done and not mine. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's submission mm-hmm. on every level, and and I know that we did that that day. Brahm said it out loud, you know, we, we said no to going to the witch doctor, we prayed, and Brahm said, Sorry, Lord. And it was from then that our hearts started to change, and I went and found a, an English Bible in Jakarta yeah. and devoured the New Testament through it Within a few
1: months, oh man, I've never seen anything like that.
0: Yeah, because we wanted him, not What's what that? he could do for us, but we wanted him and him alone. Yes, and, and the lady in Bandung, the other city, used to just tell us about Jesus. She imparted a love for Jesus. Yeah. And after that, my prayer life grew like crazy. Like Brian said before, I started to pray out loud, And you see, my conversion was not a big emotional conversion. I didn't run to a church altar. I didn't stand in the front of a manifest rally. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But I tell you what, there's something powerful when there's a journey of conversion. And it was a gradual and yet radical conversion and a complete turnaround, wasn't it, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. Still didn't go to church. Didn't occur to us to go to church because we'd met him. We'd met him. And so what are the conclusion of those first two verses? That he alone hears the cry of my heart and your heart. Mm. I can trust him with my greatest vulnerabilities. You can trust him, guys. Yeah. You can trust mm. him. And I must run to him, not from him. You know, if we don't see him as higher than our own wisdom, mm. then this is what will happen our hearts actually hardened. The Bible says we are hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And anything that is done not of faith, the Bible calls sin. So when we don't put our trust in Him, even in our darkest, hardest moments, it says we're deceived and and we can start to harden our hearts. Hmm. Because you know what? Where else are we going to go? There's nowhere else that we can Hmm. go. So the final thought on verse 2, before we go to verses 3 and 4, is that, he will lead you and I to himself. And yes. that, that needs to be the desire of our hearts. Yeah. And David asked this specifically because he knew what he had done for him in the past, Bram. Yeah. So verse, verse 3 says this, For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. So what do I? what can I conclude from that? He protects you and he is stronger than you
1: so what can I like as you to one two three it's it was as if there are three three time frames there yeah but now I'm I, I'm in need now yeah. and then I'm going to you keep my cry oh God and then he went back to God's track yeah. record yeah you have been
0: you have been exactly you
1: know? and then out of that, it produce hope, and I will. Yeah. Well, let's, we haven't
0: got to for yet. Wait. <laughs> he's getting ahead. Yeah. He's getting ahead. <laughs> it's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. See, so Dave, it's like exactly what Brahm just said. David starts to draw from the knowledge of God's track record. I love how yes. Brahm says that. You know, he's protective of me. He's yeah. done this before for me. And even in an earlier Psalm of David in Psalm 18, I'm going to keep track of the time. I don't want it to go on for too long, but... You know, the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he says in Psalm 18, he uses words like, I love you, O Lord, my strength. He's my rock, my Mm. fortress, my deliverer, my refuge, my shield, my salvation, my stronghold. These are all yeah, the words that he yeah. used, uses to describe, to describe the yeah. nature and the characteristics that he has proven. These aren't just poetic words. He has proven this time and time again. Mm-hmm. And can I say after 41 years of walking with God, we would have to say we have proven exactly the same thing. That's and so it. like in verse uh, you know, in, in verse 3 of, 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 of that psalm, in Psalm 18, he says, I call upon the Lord Ooh, who is worthy to be praised. And we would do the same. So David is familiar with and has proven the attributes of God. So mm. now that means that David can now safely say in verse 4, because, you know, he knows God mm. and he knows what it's like to have clung to God. Awesome. And so in verse 4, the last verse, it says this, I will abide or dwell in your tabernacle mm. forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. So what what's the last thing? He nestles you safely in his presence. This becomes very intimate now, yeah. and so I want you to take note. Just as we prepare to to close, note the things that God is to David. He's a rock.
1: He's mm. a shelter.
0: Mm. He's a strong tower. He's a tabernacle. He's the wings of God. And in verse eight, you can read it later. He is also a name that he goes into for shelter. Mm. It's increasingly personal terms. Mm. You know, I read this in a Bible commentary that, and I read it out, well, what I read, it says, He goes from the aloof ruggedness of that high, steep, rocky cliff or jutting out piece of rock face of verse 2. Imagine that, picture that, this strong cliff and this strong rock face with a jutting out piece of rock that he, he wants to be led to. And it gives place to the purpose-built Tower of verse three, and then it then in turn it moves to the hospitality. I love I love the phrasing here of the frail tent with its implication of safety among friends in verse four, and then finally the affectionate parental shelter symbolized by the wings. ooh! ooh. ooh. This is against all that's appearances right. of evil that's going on around him. This is the best security of all, guys. And the times that we're living in now, he is the best security of all. And I love how, you know, it ranges. The, the dynamics of the relationship of David is mm. so evident there. You know, he says things like, don't cast me. Don't cast me away from your presence. He, he knows what it is to be in the presence of God. He says things like in other Psalms. One thing I have desired mm. is just to be in his presence. Yeah. And guys, this is what we need right now. Yeah. So, I, I want us to pray right now, and I'm, I'm going to actually ask the worship team to to begin to prepare to sing that song again. And we're going to ask we're going to sing "Lead Me to the Rock." And as I begin to pray, I want you just to open up your hearts. And then we're just going to end with this song and just That's worship right. God, and really start to focus on what God has for you and I. So let's just, let's just pray right now and let's allow the heart and the mercy of God to lead us, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus.